The FedLife Podcast is presented by Serving Those Who Serve, a fiduciary fee-based financial planning firm serving federal government employees and retirees all over the country. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be taken as financial advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. The opinions expressed by our hosts are their own and do not reflect the views, policies, or position of either Raymond James or Serving Those Who Serve. Hello and welcome to this episode of the FedLife Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Seip. I'm actually the founder of Serving Those Who Serve, also the branch manager here at Serving Those Who Serve and Lee Seip and Associates. I will begin, as I always do, by saying thank you. Thank you for taking time to listen because we know you're doing that. And also thank you for your service to me, to the government, to the country, to everybody. You do not hear it enough. You will always hear it here. The other thing you will always hear on FedLife is the guru, Ed Zerndorfer. He is back with us today as part of our ongoing mission to reach, teach, and serve you, the career civilian fed. At the outside, I need to say the opinions of our guest, Ed Zerndorfer, are not the opinions of Raymond James of Serving Those Who Serve. And this podcast is presented for information only, and it is not intended to be taken as advice. All listeners should consult their personal advisors before taking any action. And if you do not have a personal advisor, check us out, hit us up at stwserve.com. We will help you any way we can. All right. So this is another one that I'm kind of pumped about, Ed. This episode tackles a topic that I think more feds are going to need to understand because they're learning more. We're doing a lot to educate them. So they're doing more Roth TSP and there's some rules they need to know about. So you're talking about, you'll be talking about in this, the Roth IRA five-year rule and how that applies to Roth TSP. And out of the shoot, I want to stress this because this is a massive misconception. Every single active Fed can, is allowed to contribute to Roth TSP regardless of their income. There's no income limits for it. So I will hit that again. But I just need to say that because I'm closing in on 40 years and Roth TSP has been around since what 2012 ed and i'm 10 years in i'm still bumping into people going oh i make too much money so no income limit so ed your article begins with there being two five-year rules we need to review so what's number one okay the first the first roth the first roth and we're really talking we're going to start off with the roth ira yes we have to be clear that the Roth IRA has fi- a five-year rule, has fi- a five-year rule, and so does the TSP. It's a separate five-year rule. We're going to go through the specifics, uh, the specifics here about what those rules are. Okay, the five-year rule is called the first five years is called the five-year forever rule. Okay, five-year forever rule. What does that mean? Here's what a here's what the five-year forever rule means. Let's just start off by saying when you contribute to a Roth IRA, the contributions that you're making are made with after-tax dollars. There's no tax benefit when you contribute upfront to a Roth IRA. The, the beauty of the Roth IRA is all those earnings that you are accruing in that account throughout the years are growing tax-free. Compounded over time, you're talking to compounded growth over time. Why are they tax-free? If you fulfill 
two requirements, and this is where the five-year rule comes into play. Requirement number one, when you withdraw your Roth IRA, you have to be over 59 and a half. You have yep. to be 59 and a half or older. We're talking about the Roth IRA owner. We're not going to talk about Roth IRA beneficiaries. That's next. Roth IRA owners. So requirement number one is you got to be over 59 and a half. Second requirement, it has to be at least five years since January 1st of the year you made your very first Roth IRA contribution. When was the Roth IRA created? 1998, 25 years ago. So let's suppose we have an individual, an employee, federal employee, who can make his or her first Roth IRA contribution on December the 10th, 2009. That's when they need their very first one. The five-year clock, Dan, starts as of January 1st, 2009. You go all the way back. Gotcha. Go forward five years. And that's January 1st, 2014. Yep. And let's suppose that employee sometime in turn, turn six, let's say they turned 60 years old in 2015. Mm-hmm. Just say like 2015. They can make tax-free, penalty-free withdrawals from their Roth IRA. Yeah, they're still working. Makes no difference. Makes no difference. They met the five-year rule, and they met the age requirement. It's called, and let me just say also, this is why it's called the five-year forever rule. The five-year rule doesn't apply for every year you made a contribution. It only goes back to the first year. That first year, you fulfill... That five-year rule for the, for, you know, for the first, based on the year that you made your very first Roth IRA contribution. Now, one of the questions I get is, well, you know, I really didn't, wasn't aware of the Roth IRA till I was 62 years old. Do I have to fulfill the five-year rule? I said, yeah, you do. You got the age, but you don't have the five years. Okay. So somebody, you know, I, you know, somebody that says turning 62 years old this year. And they're listening to this. Never made a Roth IRA contribution. As long as you make your Roth IRA contribution sometime before December 31st, 2023, your five year, five year, your five year rule, your five year requirement begins as of January 1st, 2023. Go forward January 1st, 2028. As of January 1st, 2028, you can pull out your Roth IRA, all Roth IRA, all the Roth IRA accounts you have. You can start pulling them out tax free. In, after January 1st, 2028. Gotcha. Okay. So that's five-year forever. Then there's number two five-year rule. What's that one? Yeah, that's the five-year That's the five year penalty, that's the five-year penalty rule. Five years okay. to, to avoid a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Gotcha. Like I said, in order to take money out of your, your Roth IRA, you got to be not pay taxes. Or a penalty, you got to be over 59 and a half. What's happening here, what's happening here is that we've had individuals through the years who have taken their traditional IRAs and converted them to Roth IRAs. Gotcha. Now, 
if someone who is younger than 59 and a half converted a traditional IRA to a to a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. let's say at the age of 50. Okay. Okay. They converted it and they're younger than 59 and a half. And suppose they waited five years then until they're 55. Can they take the money out of the Roth IRA? They met the five-year-old? No, they can't because they're under 59 and a half. Gotcha. So it's called the five-year, it's called the five-year 10% penalty rule because if they take the money out of their Roth IRA before 59 and a half, mm-hmm. not only do they have to pay tax on the earnings, the contributions they made were made with after tax dollars. That's not going to be a problem. They will pay tax on the earnings. Federal right. and state tax and a 10% early withdrawal penalty. Ouch. Hate those penalties. I hate them. You know, Ouch indeed. So in that sense, and you know, people say to me, well, in that case, I'll just take out my contributions. My just my Roth IRA contribution. And you could tell the you could tell your your Roth IRA custodian only give me my contributions. Well, right. to me, I don't think that's a good solution to the problem. The reason I'm saying it's not a good solution to the problem is that you don't want to take out your contributions because you're going to stifle the growth in your Roth IRA. Remember, that Roth IRA is growing tax-free. You want to get squeeze out every penny you can. Yep. So don't, don't use your, your Roth IRA as sort of a loan source. Now, there are also some exceptions. You could take out money from your IRA before 59 and a half, and that would include the Roth IRA, and not pay a 10% penalty to buy your first home. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I'm just bringing one, one example. Once again, I don't think it's a good idea to mortgage your future, my opinion. Yeah, I would, agree, I would agree with that. And on the Roth IRA side of the house, you round out the five-year rule for inherited Roth IRAs. So let's, let's take a swing at that. Oh, yes. We have, we have some very interesting situation now as a result of the passage of the SECURE Act. Sure. 2.0. And what the SECURE Act actually goes back to the original SECURE Act, SECURE Act 2.0, is that when a, an IRA owner, and I'm including both traditional and Roth IRA owner, die, had, had, dies, had, had, dies after January, December 31st, 2019, anytime after January 1st, 2020, um, and they've named a non-spousal beneficiary, someone, when I say non-spousal beneficiary, we're talking about someone who is what is what they call a non-eligible designated beneficiary. Why am I saying this? Because before January 1st, 2020, when an IRA owner died and named anybody as beneficiary of their IRA, the IRA beneficiary could had to withdraw the IRA, including the Roth IRA, but they could take it over their life expectancy. They could just take the money out over their life expectancy. Here, mom dies at 82 years old, named her grandson, 18 years old, as a beneficiary of her Roth IRA. Has $100,000 in it. What's the life expectancy of an 18-year-old? What, 75, 80 years? Yeah, sure. For the next 75, 80 years, they could draw tax-free income from this Roth IRA. Well. Effective January 1st, 2020, things changed because the Secure Act says when you name a non spousal beneficiary of an IRA, then 
That's called a it's someone who is not a eligible designated beneficiary. An eligible de- designated beneficiary would include a child, a grandchild, someone who is more than 10 years younger than you, then that individual has to withdraw the entire contents of their inherited IRA within 10 years of the death of the IRA owner. This is called an inherited IRA. An eligible designated beneficiary, which would include a spouse, would include someone who's within 10 years of your age, like a brother or sister. It could be anybody. They're within 10 years of your age. They still can do the take the money out over their life expectancy. But non-eligible doesn't even have to take it out within 10 years of the death of the IRA owner. Here's the point, Dan. There's no five-year, and there's no five-year rule here. Gotcha. The five-year rule does not apply. They gotcha. don't have to. Because they're paying, they're going to pay tax. They're going to pay tax on the traditional IRA money coming out. Roth IRA, they don't pay any tax. But even though they're under 59 and a half, they still take the money out tax free and penalty free. That's an inherited IRA. Inherited IRA is not the same as what's called a contributory IRA or a rollover IRA. Inherited IRAs are someone you receive as a result of being named a beneficiary. Gotcha. Okay, that's a super framework to get our our thoughts and our hands around those two five-year-olds. Now let's turn our eyes to that Roth TSP, which I will say it again, I think is really an underutilized TSP option. So let me reiterate one more time. Bear with me, Ed. Feds, listen up. Tell your friends. Any Fed of any income can use Roth TSP, right, Ed? Absolutely. And I've heard a lot of things from federal employees, misunderstandings. Well, my, in, like you said, income's too high. I can't contribute to, I can't contribute to a Roth IRA. Therefore, I cannot contribute to Roth TSB. False. Roth TSB has separate rules in the Roth IRA. One of the beauties of the Roth TSB is that anybody, any employee, no matter what their age is allowed to contribute to the Roth TSB. How much can they contribute? The maximum possible you can contribute to the TSB each year. Like in 2023, every federal employee can put at least 22500 into the TSB. You could put some money into the traditional TSB. You could put some money into Roth TSB. Your total contributions cannot exceed 22500 You could put all of it into the Roth TSB. Yep. Or maybe... Half of that, eleven thousand two hundred and fifty into the Roth TSB and eleven thousand two hundred and fifty in the into the into the traditional TSB. Split it up. Yep. And if you're over fifty or older, make that thirty thousand dollars. Thirty thousand the total amount. You split it up the same way. Also want to point out that if you're a FERS employee, like you're getting matching from your agency and the one percent of gross pay contribution, once again. For you to get the maximum match of 4%, not 5%, 4 you're always getting a 1%. You must contribute at least 5% of your pay each pay date. Each pay, at least 5% to get the maximum match of 4% for the year. But here's the point I want to make. No matter which account you contribute to as a first employee, traditional or Roth, TSP, your agency matching an automatic 1% of gross pay will always be put into your traditional account. 
Gotcha. The TSP does not going to put any, your agency will put nothing into the Roth TSP account. Another complaint I get about the Roth TSP from employees, and this is what, and this is what I've been told about. Ed, I'm really, I've really over the years made a point to, to contribute the maximum to the TSP. I have right now about $800,000 in the TSP. My goal is to have $1 million in my TSP account. I know I can contribute to the Roth TSP. I know I can, but there's something that bothers me. I said, what it bothers you about the Roth TSP? I heard about the fact that when I reach a certain age, when I'm retired in federal service, I have to take out a minimum for my TSP account. It's called the required minimum distribution. And I am so worried about that RMD. It's going to push me into a higher marginal tax bracket. If I'm talking about a $1 million, $1 to $2 million TSP account balance, you're talking about $35,000, RMD. That could push me into a 35 37% tax bracket. That really bothers yeah. me. I said, yeah, I realize that. But the worst part about it, Ed, they say to me, I heard that the TSP, when they calculate your requirement addition, they're looking at your account balance and dividing by a life like with a life expectancy factor. I said, that's right. Why do they include the Roth TSP in, the, in this calculation? They're lumping the traditional TSP account balance together with my Roth TSP account balance and computing an RMD, what in fact they shouldn't include the Roth TSP. Because I was told, and we're going to talk about this next, when I take the money out of my Roth TSP, I don't have to pay any tax. You're saying to me that I will pay tax on it indirectly because of that RMD. I got some great news, Dan. Yep, you do. And I have a column in the Fed Zone. Yep. Effective January 1st, 2024. Next year, the TSP will not include your Roth TSP account balance in the calculation of your TSP RMD. Finally. Huzzah. Now. And I also have another column of feds I'm talking about. Those of those employees who are over 50 who are making those catch-up contributions, if your income's too high, starting, I think it's going to start also start next year, you have to put the money into, your catch-up contributions have to go into the Roth TSP. Yes. Yep. Okay, so let's get back to our original topic. So everybody can use the Roth TSP. That's good news. But the Roth IRA five-year rules follow over to the Roth TSP. So let's start with the five-year forever application to Roth, to Roth TSP. Okay. All right. So here, a federal employee, or it could be a mil someone who put money into Roth TSP while they were on active duty in the military, because the military has the Roth TSP also, has put money into the Roth TSP account. When can they take the money out of the Roth TSP and not have to pay tax on the earnings and not have to pay a 10% early withdrawal penalty on the earnings? The contributions will never be taxed because you already they were put in with their tax dollars. And here's the rule. This is the five-year forever rule. In order to take money out of the Roth TSP and not have to pay tax 
and a 10% oil withdrawal a 10, and be subject to a 10% oil withdrawal penalty. One, you got to be over 59 and a half. Mm-hmm. Two, it has to be five years since January 1st of the year you made your very first Roth TSP contribution. The Roth TSP, Dan, has been around since 2012. Yep. A TSP participant, they've contributed to the Roth TSP. Go back to that very first year. And then go to January 1st of that year, of that same year, and that starts your five-year clock, no matter what year it was. Before we had COVID, and I was doing seminars around the country about TSP. i never forget, it was in 2018. I was down in Mississippi at a federal agency in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And they were totally clueless about the Roth TSP. I, I, I educated them. I gave them all the information they needed to know. And they were saying, wow, we can take the money out tax-free? Yeah, but you got to fulfill the five-year rule. This was, Dan, December the 10th. 2018. I never forget this. And said, when does the five-year rule start? It starts on January 1st of the year you made your very first Roth TSP contribution. Well, how much do we have to put into the Roth TSP to start start the five-year clock? I said, one dollar. It only takes one dollar. I said, how many paydays do you have left this year? They said, probably one. Well, why don't you change your outlook, you know, your, your, on your, your federal, your employee express or my pay or something that you want to put $1 into the raw TSB this year? And that will start the five year clock as of January 1st, 2018. Yep. Five years later, January 1st, 2023, you can take the money out. Matter of fact, I got an email from somebody from that seminar this past March. They said they retired on December 31st, 2022 Mm -hmm. at the age of 62, and they had about $50,000 in their raw TSP account, and they want to know, can they take the money out? I said, yeah, yeah, you can, because you met the five-year rule. Gotcha. Okay, so in your article, this next wrinkle can be tricky. And that is where a Roth TSP balance is rolled out into a Roth IRA. So what do our feds need to watch for here? Dan, you got to be very careful about this. When you mix Roth TSP and Roth IRA, I've gotten this, I've gotten this question. Ed, I have a Roth IRA, and I know I've met the five-year rule. I've had this Roth IRA for years. I made my first Roth IRA contribution back in 2010. Here it's here it's 2023. I've met that five-year rule. The problem is my Roth TSP. I made my very first contribution in 2021. I'm going to retire this year. And I really would like to merge my Roth TSP and my Roth IRA. Am I allowed to roll over my Roth TSP to a Roth IRA tax-free? The answer is yes, you can. You are allowed to do a direct rollover of your Roth TSP account with no tax consequences to a Roth IRA. But you got to be careful. Because if you say to me, you said to me that your Roth IRA is what they call qualified money. 
What does it mean mm-hmm. qualified money? It met the five-year rule. How old are you? Oh, I'm 62. Okay, fine. So you got your, your Roth IRA, you could take money out, no problem. The problem is your Roth DSP. Yeah, but I'm thinking about what I'm going to do is I don't like so much complexity in my life. I just want to merge, merge the two accounts. I said, you can't do that. Because what's going to happen is if you were to roll over your Roth TSB to your Roth IRA, you're going to taint your Roth IRA. The TSB will tag your Roth TSB account. When I say tag, I mean they're saying it's unqualified money. They're going to gotcha. notify your Roth IRA custodian. Money coming over is not qualified. And now your qualified Roth IRA money will come unqualified Roth IRA money. So he said, what do I do? I said, what you got to do is you have to set up what's called a rollover Roth IRA. That's totally unfunded. It will be, fun- will be funded with the Roth TSP money coming over. Then you have to wait it out until that five-year period has been met. Gotcha. Your, Roth, your rollover Roth IRA custodian will know when that five-year period is up. And at that point, you can take the money out with no consequences. Gotcha. Okay, that's important. Now, just for clarification, because I can hear folks uh, yelling at the screen out in the future when they're watching this. What about the person, let's say they've been locked out income-wise from opening a Roth IRA. So they have their Roth TSP. And then they roll the Roth portion out into that rollover IRA that didn't exist until they opened it to catch the Roth TSP. If the Roth TSP has already satisfied the five-year rule, does that carry over to the rollover Roth? And the answer is yes, it will, because it's called rollover funds. There's a, you got to distinguish between rollover funds and contribution funds. Gotcha. You're setting up what's when you contribute to a Roth IRA. It, it, you're, what you're doing is you're setting up what's called a contributory Roth IRA, a contributory Roth IRA, as opposed to a rollover Roth IRA, in which more, more, qualified money is being rolled over into this not beforehand non-existent Roth IRA. Can you merge the rollover Roth IRA to the contributory Roth IRA? Yes, if both accounts are qualified. Gotcha. And believe me, you, you, if you have any questions, please check with your Roth IRA custodian. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Ed, you wrap up by giving us some guidance on record keeping. So take us through those for it. Yes. For yes. It's very important that we keep track of all the stuff. You know, it goes back to, Dan, I know you know about these things called non-deductible traditional IRAs. There are two types of Traditional IRAs, deductible and non-deductible. The deductible are the ones that everybody used to love because you get a tax tax deduction. But then in 1986, Congress set up, they changed the rules as if you're covered by a qualified retirement plan, like federal employees, and your income's too high, the contribution you make to your IRA, your traditional IRA, is not going to be deductible. It'll allow you to get tax accrued earnings in your IRA. And you're only going to, when you take the money out of the non-deductible, you're only going to pay tax on the earnings. Here's the problem. How do you know that you, that how does IRS know you made a non-deductible traditional IRA? They know you made a, a deductible IRA because it shows up in your tax return. But a non-deductible IRA doesn't show up on your tax return unless mm-hmm. you file IRS form 8606. 
Gotcha. 8606. Well, you're keeping track of your traditional IRAs. In the same time, you got to keep track of your Roth IRAs. So, okay. and with respect, and with respect to the Roth IRA, we're talking about what I call five year tracking. Five year tracking. Let's understand, Dan, that in any year that you make a Roth IRA contribution, the IRA custodian, the Roth IRA custodian has to issue what's called IRS Form 5498. IRS Form 5498, IRA, IRA contribution information, which they issue you a copy and they send a copy to the IRS. On that 5498 each year, it shows the year of contribution. Like, like right now, everyone's received for the year 2022, their Form 5498s. Sure. What you have to keep, you have to remember is that first year, Dan, the year you made your very first Roth IRA contribution, that sets the five-year clock, January 1st of that, of that year. So keeping the 5498, and you know, you can scan them, put them in your computer, or thumb drive, things like that. You got it to make sure you have that very year you made your very, that very first 5498 for the year you made your very first Roth IRA. And that's how you keep track of it for the five year basis. As far as the five year to 10% forever rule, just keep track of your birthday, the year you were born. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, folks, we made this a single topic podcast because this is just too important. It's a great tool that's out there. Okay, so third time's the charm. I'm going to reiterate a couple of things to remember. Number one, you can use Roth TSP right now, regardless of your income. Okay, get on that. Share it with your friends. Yes, Virginia, there is a Roth for you. You can do it. Number two, you just need to remember the five-year rule for your Roth TSP balances and rollovers. So actually, that's all pretty easy stuff. And most of the time, Ed, you can share your experience, most of the time people are shocked to know that they can contribute to Roth if they're making above a certain amount. Have you encountered that as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very important that everyone keep up with the rules and we have, like, I got another pitch here, Dan. We have, uh, serving those who serve, we have a TSP webinar every month. Every month. All you got to do is sign up for it at www.scwserv.com. You can ask questions. You could maybe have some misunderstandings need to be cleared up. We're here to, we're here to help. We're here to help. Yep. I just want to say one more thing about. Roth TS, traditional TSP, Roth TSP, and Roth IRAs. One of the options that federal, the TSP participants when they retire have is that they are allowed to transfer their traditional TSP to a traditional IRA. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, and it's called a direct rollover, no tax consequences. Right. The TSP says, Oh, you're allowed to transfer, I should say, roll over your traditional TSP to a Roth IRA. Be careful. In reality, you cannot do that. A And if you look in the Internal Revenue Code, a rollover is defined as a transfer, uh, I should say a direct rollover, 
is a transfer from the from the retirement plan custodian, in this case the TSP, to an IRA, or it could be a qualified retirement plan. The retirement plan custodian sends the check directly to the IRA, to the retirement plan or IRA custodian. It doesn't come to you. And if, again, in that case, it's not taxable. But it has to go, in the case of a traditional TSB, it has to go to a traditional IRA to be what is called a rollover. Code G, G as in good. The TSB, and I've come across this, I know you says, have. oh, we can roll over your traditional TSB to a Roth IRA. And they also issue a code G on the form 1099R. Ladies and gentlemen, that is wrong. It is not a rollover. It is a distribution, which is fully taxable. So gotcha. my advice is, if you're thinking about transferring your traditional TSP to a Roth IRA, don't do that. Instead, do a true direct rollover from your traditional TSP to a traditional IRA. And then when it hits the traditional IRA, convert the traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. But please do not do this on your own. Seek a financial advisor, your accountant. Do not do this on your own. There are too gotcha. many things out there. I call them, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. You don't want surprises. Don't do this on your own. And please exactly. attend not our, our TSP webinars we hold each month, also our tax planning webinars. We go through this. Yep, absolutely. And folks, I second that. And the site in general, scwserve.com. You know, Ed, I mentioned this to you before. It's very exciting for us. We're on pace to have three quarters of a million visits this year coming to find answers. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to create this place where if you're looking for an answer, you can find it. You know, sure. I got a financial planning firm. You want to talk to me about that? I'm happy to have that conversation all day long. But if you look at my bio, I always felt that my father-in-law, it should have been easier. It should have been easier to find the information. So that's what we're trying to do here. This is my chance to say what Ed always says. Ed and I have a mission. And that's to make sure that every Fed knows what they need to be before they retire. I go a step further, even if you're retired, because about 2.2 federal employees with postal and retirees, that goes up over 4 million. I would love to have 2 million people visiting the site each year, even if it's just to get an answer to a question. So we're here for you. And this guy is, is absolutely indispensable for that. Ed, I can't thank you enough for everything that you bring to the table for the feds to serving this to serve for me. I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad you do it with us, brother. And folks, that is a wrap. We'll see you on the next podcast. We are Serving This to Serve. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on our YouTube channel and Spotify. Please remember to share it with friends and strangers. Check us out on Twitter and LinkedIn. And don't forget those live webinars every single week. Okay. Go to that SWServe website. You'll see the button. Click it. Gives you the whole menu. Sign up for one. Sign up for all. The guru will come to you right in the privacy of your own home, office, wherever. You can watch in your bunny slippers, okay? Reach you where you are, teach you where you are, serve you where you are. Be sure to read Ed every single week in the Fed Zone. That's fed-zone.com. And don't forget to sign up for the weekly serving. Ed and all the other Fed stars from SDFSS delivered straight to you. We've got some really, really cool content that's coming out every single week from our entire team. 
this gets you the best of it. Also, I will plug our short form podcast where we give you the high points of the weekly serving. And that's Caitlin Murray and I. We have the Fed 15. So we give you a quick buzz over on that. So heading out for Ed, the crew at Serving This Serve, and me, Dan Sype, I will close as I always do by saying good luck, Godspeed, and above all, remember, it's your Fed life. Make it a great one because you deserve it. Stay well, everybody. We are out.